Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. We want to honor the men and ladies, please, please. I understand single moms. I'm not taking nothing away from you. I know everything you've done and I know and I see it all the times like I see on Facebook. Happy Father's Day, mom, because you stood in the place of mom and dad. Amen. Okay, that's enough. Now, and I understand it, but that's the whole thing about Mother's Day. We have a day for that called Mother's Day. And on that day, you say, Mom, you was the best. You did everything. You stood in that place when my dad forsook me and left me alone and thought that he was taking care of me when he gave you a bag of diapers. I should have got a couple of amens. Oh, yeah, you're right. You guys are supposed to keep quiet, the ladies. No, I understand. But this is a man's day. It's a man's day today. Praise God. Hallelujah. And because it's Father's Day, guess what I get to do? I get to be short. I'm going to be short today. I'm not going to be up here that long. Why? Because it's Father's Day. Yes. That way we can hurry up and get home and enjoy being waited on hand and foot by our children. I'm here to tell you today, if you're in here and you're a young, a young person and you don't have a father uh, in your life or you don't have a man in your life that is called a father, there's some fathers here that would be more than happy for you to show up at their house and make them something to eat, okay? Do something for them. I'm just telling you. Yes, thank you. Y'all going to make it, ladies, you're going to make it hard for me. There's more ladies in here than there are men. So, okay. Now, every Father's Day... I get to go on a tangent about manliness. And guess what I'm going to do today? I'm going to do it again. Because, <laughs> you know, we're living in a, a, a generation, you guys, that it's commonplace for a child to grow up without the presence of a father. Okay? It's a shame that fatherhood is a rare commodity nowadays. It's a shame. When I begin to tell people about my life, and I, and I tell them, you know, some of the decisions that I made, it's funny that people will automatically assume I didn't have a dad. And then they'll begin to talk to me. Yeah, I know it's kind of tough growing up without a father. I was like, no, I had a dad. I, I, I have a father. He was, my parents are married. I just made some bad choices. But now, with the younger generation, it's, it's almost commonplace that you see a child and automatically, no matter what the race is, they don't have, the dads ain't around. And I can get into that, and that'll, I could preach that all day because of the way we're starting to accept certain things in, in lifestyle and all that other stuff. But now we got kids that don't, that don't have fathers, and, and thanks to our media, we have deemed the role of a father, uh, uh, demeaned the role of a father uh, uh, to make him look like an idiot, to make him look like an imbecile, and we're slowly but surely destroying the masculinity of men. We're destroying it. And, I, and you know me, I get up here and I talk about it, and I, and, and, and I blame the women for a lot of it. Do you ladies know the power that you have? 
I preach this all the time. If women collectively get together, and I'm not talking about the women's live or anything, it says, you know what? We're no longer going to accept these soft men. We're no longer, we're not going to give ourselves away before marriage. If all women did, do you know that men live their lives to walk around, be rich, and do all this other stuff just to have women? We're just trying to impress you. But women have lowered their standards, so guess what? Y'all better listen to pastor today, ladies. I'm here to tell you. I know when I met, when I met Kaya and, and I, my wife and I told her, and I said, listen, I said, listen, we, we're going to be together, but these are the rules. No kissing, no holding hands, no hugging, and no being alone. She looked at me like, this is coming from a man? You ask her. Because I set the standard. But ladies, can you imagine if you look at a dude and go, listen, hey, look, I'd love to be with you and get to know you, but um, we ain't holding hands, we ain't kissing, we ain't hugging, and we ain't going to be alone. You say that to a man right now, he'll run from you. Because half the stuff you do, you just do to keep him. Well, if I don't, he won't like me. Why am I on this? I'm being a father today. I'm being a father today. Okay, so young, young ladies, set a standard. If they don't want to meet it, there's somebody, you trust me, there's somebody that will. There's somebody that will come up and respect you for that. You want, you want, I, I just, there's no good men in this world. You're just not seeing them because you're too busy with the no good men. Set, set your standards up. See, those days, those days of opening doors are old because they got automatic door openers now. I need something that goes deeper than opening another door. Appreciate my purity. Appreciate the, that I'm trying to live a godly lifestyle. Appreciate that I submit to God before I'll submit to you. Come on, ladies. Just being a dad. It's Father's Day. Okay. Where was I? We're slowly but surely destroying the masculinity of men. And looking at society, we seem to be getting worse. Nowadays, you have to look twice, not once, but twice, to see if you're looking at a man or a funny-shaped woman. It's Father's Day. I get to talk about it. Now, on the flip side, men, <laughs> those of you men out here that can't control your eyes, <laughs> Yeah, you better be careful, because what you thought was Renee could be Roger. <laughs> yes, it's like that nowadays. You don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> I remember a time you could look and tell what was what. And I don't understand. Okay, let's talk about this. I do not understand why men want to look soft. Do you know what the Bible says about soft men? Do you guys know? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, nor fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, 
nor abusers or of themselves with mankind. Now, let me stop at that word effeminate. Let's talk about effeminate. The Greek word for effeminate is malakos. Malakos, which is a Greek word and just made me sound like I study. I do. But that translates to soft. You hear that? Soft. It means soft or soft to the touch. Now, maybe the problems that we have is we put men and women together in one big melting bowl. And we have these things with these gender issues and all that, but we put them in a mixing bowl to the point where we're no longer sure what our roles are, what we're supposed to look like as men and women. Uh Uh-oh, is he going there? Yes. You have to understand, it's Father's Day. And it presents me, I mean us, (laughs) an opportunity to look at masculinity once again. We have to look at what it means to be a man. Now, I'm talking about a man that knows he's a man and that he's proud of it. Men that know that body hair is attractive. You see how many amens I got. Let me, I, I got to do this. Let me, no, no, I ain't going there. There's this, there's this thing right here. See that? It is called the sternoclavicular notch. It should be against the law for men to shave below this point right here. You can do all this. You can trim. Make sure it isn't like this. You can trim it up. You can make it look neat, you know. But it's macho to have hair. Some of you guys, some of you guys aren't old enough to remember back in the days, dudes would walk around with their shirts unbuttoned down to here. And it was the most more chest hair you had, you was good looking. You like, yeah, to accent the hair. And if the gold chain could get lost in the chest hair, you was on. And the only way they would see the gold chain is if you bent over like. Y'all remember that? Y'all, some of y'all too young. You don't, you don't remember Burt Reynolds and, and those people used to walk around with their hairy chest. Jim Brown had taco meat all on his chest. Big strong men. Now we got men shaving their bodies looking soft, effeminate. And women talk about they like it. No, you got quiet now. Ain't nobody laughing now. I'm talking to men that understand that shirts that go beyond the thigh and have a scoop neck is called a blouse. And blouses are made for females. You want to wear, why you want to wear a dress with a pair of tights on underneath, men? I don't care what the fashion is. It's a dress. Because you know what's going to happen next? It's summertime. You're going to take the pants off and just wear the shirt with a pair of sandals. 
with your toenails shiny. <laughs> taking, taking pictures with your friends like this. All your homeboys here like to get like soft. Fashion doesn't determine your manliness. Do you realize that God created men, men? He put hair on our bodies for a purpose because he's saying this is what a man looks like and this is what a woman looks like. Men are supposed to have hair. And as we get older, we lose hair. And we gain hair in places we don't want to gain it. Ear froze. Now I'm glad we got some people in here over 40. You young people are like, what are you talking about? Just, just go by, walk by somebody that is over 50, and as you walk by a man over 50, just real quick look at his ear and then keep going. He got a little afro growing right here. That's called the ecanthin right there, just boof. God created us like that. Why are we trying to change what God made to be something in an image that society's trying to change us into? Now, now I, I, I'm talking to men that know that the only romper they'll put on is a pair of coveralls. <laughs> now, y'all laughing. Ain't nobody going, hey, that, that looks good. Nobody's saying it looks good. If you are, talk to me after service. This dude right here. <laughs> How would y'all have felt if I came on stage with that today? <laughs> Soft. <laughs> We're talking about real men. We want to talk about men that are hard, but at the same time have a soft and tender heart that is sensitive to other people, but also sensitive to the will of God. It's okay to be hard on the exterior and, and be all, uh, you know, whatever. Man, yeah, I'm hard. I'm hard. But, you know, God created us to have a soft heart because when we have a hard heart, we can't hear what God's trying to tell us. When we have a hard heart, we can't see that other people have needs. And where do you find men like this? Where do you find a guide to become a man that's a man but also with a tender, soft heart? Where do we find that? In the Bible. See, as a man of God and a father of four children, and I'm also the son of a man of God, I'm qualified to talk about it. I could sit here and talk all day about my father who wasn't saved all his life, but the moment God got a hold of his heart, he had the softest heart I've ever known any man to have. But you better believe he was a man would cry at the drop of a hat. But his favorite word would be, if you ever heard my dad say, what, buddy? <laughs> buddy was his word that he was about, it was about to be on. <laughs> you better back up, buddy. Like, <laughs> so I want to encourage you guys today. I want to encourage all the men, all the fathers today, the fathers that haven't done everything right, 
but have been there for their children. All of us haven't done it right, but we've been there. Maybe we just made appearances. But I want to encourage you today. I want to talk to the men that went beyond raising their own children, stepping in and, and becoming the fathers uh, for their wife's children in blended families. I'm talking to the men that believe that a commitment to God in, the, in God's church is necessary for raising their children. I'm talking to the fathers that lead by example and not a do as I say, not do as I do type of attitude. I'm talking to the real fathers this morning. I want to talk to the men whose countless sacrifices go unnoticed, sometimes leaving us feeling unappreciated and unimportant. Now, can I stop here for a second? My son was up here earlier talking about the sacrifices of a father. The sacrifices of a father. That sounds like a title. There's a message in that. That God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son the sacrifice of a father. He loved us so much. And, and as I begin to think about that, I begin to think, God, if you sacrifice so much for your children, how much do I need to sacrifice for my children? And how many of your children, how much of your creation doesn't even acknowledge you for what you've done? And even worse, those that call themselves yours, how many times do we go without acknowledging and thanking our God for the things that he's done for us? Never acknowledged. Dads, I'm here to tell you today, your sacrifices don't go unnoticed. Your wife may not see it and may not always pat you on the back. Your kids may not look at you and talk about you're the best dad in the world except on Father's Day. But I know there's one thing that I really love uh, that I learned about the word of God in Hebrews chapter 6 says, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown towards his name. See, God sees everything you're doing. And you may not get that you're the best dad now, but one day you're going to go before the Lord. And God's going to look at you. And when you've done it all for God, because you saw that God has done a sacrifice for you, and you turn around and do that sacrifice for your kids, one day you're going to go before the Lord. He's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful father. I don't know about you, but those are the words that I want to hear. There are times, and I'll be honest, there's times that I, I, I sacrifice for my family, and I, and I sit back, and I wonder, do they even know? everything I've done? Do they know how hard I'm pushing when I don't feel good, what I'm trying to do to, to meet the needs of my family so they're, they're, they're not lacking anything? Do they know? Even, they might, even though they say thank you, sometimes you're looking like, you don't have any idea what I had to go through. I wish you guys are listening. I wish you're listening because I'm trying to put together the correlation between how we look at our earthly dads and also how we do our heavenly father. Because I, I wonder if he ever looks at us when we go, thank you. And I wonder if he looks at us and says, you don't even know. Yeah, you read about the crucifixion, but you weren't there. You didn't see. You may, have, you may be able to see it through revelation, but you weren't on the cross. You don't even know the sacrifice. And sometimes us as men, we feel the same way. <laughs> but there's one thing I've learned, you guys. I've learned to live not being recognized for my sacrifices. I've learned to live 
not being recognized for my sacrifice. And I focus on living, being worthy of recognition. If I focus on doing things that's worthy of recognition, then I know that one day the person that I need to see it is seeing it, and that's Jesus. Because my Father, my Heavenly Father has sacrificed so much, then I ought to do the same. Turn with me real quick. We're going to be, we're going through this. Now, I want to break the scripture down real quick. We can pray, and the fathers can go home and hang out in their boxers or whatever you're going to do. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This is to you, fathers. This is to you, dads. This is to you guys that work hard. This is to you that sacrifice and never get a thank you. Only on Father's Day you get a card and slap on the back. This is for you today. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor of love, everything that you do, is not in vain in the Lord. The first thing we have to do, you guys, is be steadfast. We have to be steadfast. Now, what is steadfast? Steadfast is a mindset. We have to have a mindset to be determined to do the right thing, dads. Can I talk, can I talk to some of you dads that, that may not be married to your kids' mothers? Can I, can I talk to you guys for a second? I don't care what kind of relationship you have with the mom. It has nothing to do with your relationship with the children. Even if in your mind she is the most wickedest thing on this earth, you do everything you can do. You need to get a mindset that nothing will separate me from my children. I will be there. If she says, well, yeah, you could see him for 10 minutes, thank you. Where do I need to be? Because at the end of the day, you need to force yourself to get there and be around those kids. It may not show now, but it'll show later. That when you sacrifice, you have to have the mindset that nothing's going to stop me from getting to my kids. That's being steadfast. Steadfast is a mindset. There's a lot of people that are steadfast. I, I hear people that, that will talk about, uh-uh, nah, not my kids. Ain't nothing going to know. You ain't going to keep me from being a father of my kids, but you were not, you're, it's in your mind, but you're not showing it. You're steadfast in your mind, but the next thing what you need to do is be what? Immovable. So when you get the mindset, it's time to take it from your mind and put it in your heart. And when you put it in your heart, you take it, you've taken what you decided on from your head, you put it in your heart, because whatever's in your heart, you'll do. So you say, I'm never, nothing's going to keep me from my kids. Nothing's going to stop me from spending time with my children. I don't care how tired I am, dads. I don't care what I did all week. I've set aside time to sit down and listen to my kids. As a pastor, I'm telling you, I am busy all day, every day. And you guys, if you know my daughter, Heaven, she's an attention freak. She wants daddy's attention and mom's attention all the time. 
but I will lease if I'm studying and they come around, hey, Dad, Dad, look, I just drew this picture. I saw the last 10 pictures. You drew heaven. But no, I take time out to let them know they're important enough that I hear their words. Why? Because I made in my mind, nothing's going to keep me from my kids. I put it in my heart and I do it. Now, does that mean I stop everything I'm doing? No, I acknowledge my children. I acknowledge them. I let them know that daddy's here, daddy's listening. There's some times that I take my stuff and I'll close it. Come on, kids, what's up? Come sit on my lap. Come talk to me. What's going on? Son, my, my daughter is trying to learn how to sew. Guess who's teaching her? Don't know much about sewing, but I act like I do. Most of you men would be like, that's not manly. I beg to differ because I believe Paul was manly and he was a tent maker, which means he had to sew some things together. Oh, yeah, you guys ain't going. <laughs> See, men, I know you got jobs to do and I know you get tired when you come home from work and it, it may be crazy, but you need to be immovable when it comes to spending time with your kids. I know it's in your head, and you're like, man, but I'm so tired. Do you realize if it's in your heart, you won't be that tired? If it's in your head, you're going to be tired. Oh, I just can't do it. Maybe next week, kids. I really want to be with you. That's because it's in your head. But when it gets in your heart, you'll be like, uh-uh, mm, give me a cup of coffee. I'm going out with the kids. Give me a monster drink. I'm going to go out and do something with the kids. Even if it's for 15 minutes, they'll remember that 15 minutes for the rest of their lives. You have to be immovable. And the third thing that we need to do, fathers, is always abounding. Always abounding means going above and beyond that which is expected for you to do. <laughs> I'm just here to tell you, look, I'm not going to praise you fathers for doing what you're supposed to do. I forget somebody, I forget somebody posted something about, I'm not one to give praises to fish for swimming. Think about it. I hear, I hear men talk about, man, you know, well, I pay child support and I, I visit my kids. You're supposed to. My son is tw 23. I don't clap and say, good job, John, for using the bathroom by yourself. Now, I did it for Judah when he was 12 months old. But now he's grown and he's supposed to do it. Just because you're doing what you're supposed to do doesn't get you a hand clap or a praise. But when you go above and beyond, when you, you know, your kids like, you say, you know what? I know I'm supposed to take you to the park, but you know what? I got some extra time. I'm taking you to the park and we get an ice cream. How about that? Well, Pastor, I ain't got that much money. Well, you can always go down to Thrifties or CVS and get you a little ice cream cone for, what is it, 65 cents? Is it more than that now? It used to be a Nicholas scoop when I was a kid. $2? Are you serious? Well, do something. They got those guys on the corner now that got this shaved ice cream right there. All, right, right in my neighborhood over there. There you see them. Go right there. Get you some scooped ice cream. Walk with them. They'll appreciate it. They were just expecting to go to the park, but when you go above and beyond, that what was expected to do. Single, dad, single dads that aren't with the moms, I want to tell you. What the, 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 your, I hate to use this term. The mother of your children. I'm not going to use baby's mama. The mother of your children. 
Okay, yes, it's good that you're giving child support. Have you done anything extra? Hey, it's school time. Time for school. Let me get the clothes. Let me do this. Hey, how about I meet you on the first day of school and we'll both take them? Go on above and beyond what people expect. You know why? Because that's what God does for us. He always leaves extra. Listen, as I close, I'm going to close it. Oh, I did good time too. I did some good time. Some of y'all right now, I got the barbecue. You guys got the barbecue ready and all that stuff? Ladies, you. You guys are acting like Cleveland fans up in here. Exactly. Look at yourselves. That's what I said, Cleveland. going to let you talk to Slappy back there. He's, he's the OG from Ohio. He's going to teach you how to lose gracefully. Most, most humble guy I know. He's, he's humble. He ain't said nothing. He's just been here today, gave me a hug. He's like, okay, pastor. I let him off today. But anyway, as I close, why do we have to stay steadfast and movable and always abounding? That's because being a father is the work of the Lord. Being a father is a work of the Lord. Being a good father emulates God the Father. Jesus Christ is our everlasting father. And he was steadfast, immovable, and always abounding towards us. When he was steadfast, he made up his mind on how much he loves us and loves his children, and he gave his life. He said, I got to do something about it. He didn't just go, man, I love them so much. Love is an action word. Say to God, when up here, it's great. But when you get it here, you'll start doing. I'm telling you because I've always loved my kids. Always loved my kids. One of the reasons it changed my life is one day I woke up. I, I, I know it was probably my mom and, and my um, sisters praying for me. But out of nowhere, I was out there in the streets. You guys don't realize. Some of you guys look at me and don't even know. But I remember waking up. This is the truth. I woke up. Something woke me up in the morning. And I turned to look. I grabbed the blunt. Lit it, smoked it. Put it down. Grabbed the Hennessy. Drank the Hennessy and sat there. And I go. And sleeping next to me were my two boys, John and Juwan. I said, man, I love them so much. But what am I doing for them? What am I doing for them? My thought of love is not anything. But if I could get how much I love them from out of my head and my heart, it's going to cause me to do something for them. And I made the biggest sacrifice of my life at the time. Because I had to make a, because I love being with them. But I, I was giving them an example. I was teaching them how to roll blunts, how to drink uh, fifths of Hennessy, how to party, how to sell dope. That's what I was teaching them. Taking pictures of, of them putting 40 bottles in their hand and taking pictures. They're not even walking. That's what I was doing. 
training them up in the way that they should go. I love them here, but didn't love them here. And I remember the day I looked at them, the same day I looked, and I called my mom. I'm going to come drop the kids off. I'm going to see a recruiter. And I went and joined the military. I sacrificed six years spending time with my kids. Six years. And do you know what I had to deal with? You can ask them, Dad, why weren't you here? You didn't come to my baseball or my basketball games. Where were you at? They didn't understand it then. But because I put it in my heart to make the sacrifice for six years, I reaped the rest of their lives. Because I spent six years of doing something for them, who would know that in the military, God set up a divine appointment that not only would I straighten out my life career-wise, but I would straighten out my life because I met a man of God named Michael Harry that during my sacrifice, he looked at me and says, why are you running from God? Why are you playing games with God? And he prophesied to me. I didn't even know this man. Told me about my grandmother. My mother shared some things with me I've never shared with anybody. He said, God's got his hand on you, son. And a couple months later, I gave my life to Christ. And when I came back to California, I didn't come back the thug. I came back a man of God. I came back a person that is able to have the fruits of the Spirit because now I'm going to need them to try to win back my kids' hearts. I didn't abandon you. I had to leave. Because if I didn't, I would have died. But now I'm here. Kids don't understand that. It took me over 10 years for them to understand why I did what I did. Because I was steadfast. Because I was immovable. And the funny part about it is, always abounding. Do you realize that my sacrifice, they're still reaping the benefits from? I could talk about the natural benefits because the natural benefits, because I was in the military, they got free college. Because I was in the military, they got free medical. That's natural. But because I gave my life to Christ and I'm following God's footsteps that he has for me, I'm a pastor at a church, and my oldest son is doing ministry with me. That's overflow. My middle son, he's on his way, doing great. My baby son loves the Lord. My daughter, my only daughter, oh my gosh. She's going to be a preacher like her mama one day. But God is the same way towards us. When he's abounding towards us, Jesus is always more than enough. He always knows how to make our cup runneth over. And if he's like that towards us dads, we should be like that towards our children. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.